the Standing Orders podcast. Welcome to this latest edition of the Standing Orders podcast with me, Dr. Thomas Foreman, and my co-host, the Emeritus Mayor Sue Lorne. Hi, Thomas. How are you? I'm very well. And how are you? Fine and dandy. Thank you very much for asking. And haven't we got an interesting podcast this week on the back of two by-elections? Yes. And a little bit of extra just up at the end to uh, just for a bit of added interest. Um, So where do we start? Well, first of all, let me ask you how your week has been. My week has been fine, actually. Nothing exciting to report. It's just been um, work, home, work, home. And uh, it's it's lovely actually that the the days are getting lighter and the evenings are are um, drawing out a little bit now. So it's quite nice to see that spring is on its way. It's so nice to hear a former Tory councillor sounding so positive in the week, where there have been two by elections in Wellingborough and Kingswood, and both overturned, shall we say, sizable Conservative majorities, with Labour coming out. I think. Victorious in, in, well, I know Victorious in both, but I, I, I mean, looking at the figures, a majority of more than 18,000 in Wellingborough mm. and overturned an 11,220 majority um, in Kingswood. Yeah. So huge um, swings and the second biggest in any post war election. By the way, when do you think mm-hmm. that we yes. stop using post war? like the war uh, <laughs> as a guide for things because you know it's not like if the war had ended in 1944 or 40 you know why do we use the post-war period as a guide for pretty much everything it's really strange but are we are we just doing it recently since are they classing those days similar to what COVID days have yeah been? I guess so I, I'm not sure I guess it, it but, it's kind of a sizable um, thing in your mind but I mean and when did you start doing it I mean you'll know this better than I will because your memory goes back further um, because of the post-war you know, I mean did, did, you, did you start saying post-war in the just for everybody's information I am not that old did you start using post-war like did they start using it in the 50s were they like oh well it's post-war which is I think they probably would have done it post-war. yeah I think so too it would have been difficult to do pre-war I guess <laughs> but yes but the other thing that you have to note from the results is that um the turnout was extremely low and lib dems did not you would have thought that it would have been labor lib dems and anyone else but it wasn't conservatives still did better than the lib dems and um and the new um, and the new, um, what are they called the new UKIP? Yes, um, and they so they did better than uh, the Lib Dems yeah, as I well. Mean, to so... be fair, the Lib Dems, I think, lost um, well about three to three and a half percentage points by uh, between the 2019 position and mm. now. To be honest, I'm not sure with the Lib Dems how much the the recent stuff around Ed Davey and the post office and various things have maybe impacted. Yeah. I'm not even sure the Lib Dems really were throwing anything at this because you have to think about it in the context of they're a, they are a small party. They're not kind of I don't think they're targeted either of these seats realistically that they would they would kind of get in. And I think that they would probably be reasonably adverse to spending huge amounts of money before a general election, like later this year, to try and take seats. Yeah, I know. But this 
but when, when you you put it in that context, you know, this was the time for them to start their campaign for the, the general election, but then, really. Until you know when it and, is, it's still, I mean, you can start geeing up for the general well, election, know. but I don't think until you know exactly when it is, they will know. And I don't I, I don't think Kingswood or Wellingborough will have been target seats for the Lib Dems anyway. So I don't think they would spend money, kind of good money after bad, in trying to basically perform in by-elections in areas where they don't think they have a chance. I mean, you you only have to look at the fact that, yes, Labour increased, I think, in Wellingborough, just over 19%, 19.5%, and I think it was an 115 um, in Kingswood. Mm -hmm. Like, Labour were targeting these seats with everything they have to try and show the momentum that, you know, they are basically a party waiting in the wings for power. The Conservatives similarly wanted to hold on to it, but lost kind of both seats quite yeah, but do you do you really think that because the Conservatives being in the state that they are at the moment, do you really think that if Labour hadn't have gone all out, guns blazing, that they wouldn't have taken the seat? Um, I, I don't think that anybody really needed to do an awful lot for this one, but I, I would have, I'm, I'm just I, surprised that Lib Dems came as far down the pecking as, as they have I think have to be done. fair, you, you um, have to look at it in the context of, if, if you're the Labour Party, would you have wanted two by-elections now? Well, it probably helps to some extent to show kind of momentum is, is continuing from the by-election successes that they had in the last 12 months. But I think you also have to look at it in the context of, well, you know, if they don't do anything and they don't go out and campaign hard to try and take both of these, then people are going to take it that Labour basically are, are taking them for granted. And that is basically how they feel about the Conservatives. So I think you almost as Labour, even if you think the Conservatives are doing such a bad job you you don't win elections on saying how bad someone else is you have to do it on the basis of you you you're, yes, yeah, you're and, and what you want to deliver and if you like what you're saying about the lib dems in terms of them coming out and starting the campaign now labor probably saw it as in these two areas this is the start of the general election campaign we'll do it on the back of we have successfully got gained these two seats from the conservatives and so watch out other conservative kind of seats even safe seats like Wellingborough be careful and to be fair I, I believe and and you know sure I read this somewhere that the conservative candidate was Peter Bone's partner who is a councillor <laughs> you know she she so she has stood before and, and gained office but what on earth are you thinking in a place which, which yeah. you're, you're looking to try and prevent it looking like you know there's momentum in the Labour campaign and then you see this come through and you just think, why would you why would you do it? But you're just playing in the hands of what everyone thinks has happened since 2020, is which is, you oh. know, there's a huge amount of nepotism. And it, it's more about who rather than what, you know, in terms of getting anywhere with the Conservatives. So I, I'm just it seems like such an obvious misstep that they've decided to take. And, and, this, and you just think but the things that they're doing these days and you think, you know, what 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 is their thinking you know where are they where are they coming from thinking that they that they could do a selection like that and that people were just going to say oh yeah okay then um it's it's the same household but yeah you're, you're um we're just gonna go out there and back you after all that's been done and said i i just so many things are happening these days and every time that you think no, it can't get any worse, or you can't come up with anything more ridiculous. 
it does. Can I just, just to leap back slightly. So, you know, we were just talking about the post-war period. Well, I just had a, <laughs> like, I was curious. So I just had a quick Google. Back. At actually, which year in the post-war period, like, it, it was? It, it's bloody 1994 is the, the biggest swing with 29.2. Really? And then it goes Wellingborough with 28.5. But all of them in the top five um, are between 1994 and today. So why are you saying post-war? Say post-war. Post-war, apparently, you can ignore the first, like, I don't know, 50 years of the post-war period almost, and just then say from 1994 onwards. Why not say it's the biggest swing since the since you know the 90s 90s why does it have to be post-war yeah, when because, none of them been... because that's the bbc the bbc how did you know that i looked at the bbc everything? <laughs> because they were the ones who said it <laughs> but uh, you, you just think well you know why why would they do that because you're then look you're listening to that and you're then assuming it's what 50 60 70 years yeah. ago but no it hasn't been that long and it's not it it's still don't get me wrong it's still a big swing it's still, yeah, it's still not but, good. You know, but uh, but again, what was the turn? What was the percentage of the turnout? I know it's a low low turnout, but um, it, it was a low turnout. Apparently, I, the, the turnout. <laughs> I, I, I again have have mastered the use of subtle Google, so you will never know that I I was so unprepared. Um, and apparently, it was thirty seven percent in Kingswood and thirty eight percent in Wellingborough. Um, so it is below the mid 40s that you saw in mid yeah. Bedfordshire, uh, Somerton, Froome, Selby, and Ainsley. So you know it is the lower that you've seen. But to yeah. be fair, in in a year that you're leading up to a general election, do you think a lot of people are turning out? And to be fair, I think even more so. You know, you in in looking at it, I, I, I think don't. just let me try and get my words out. Um, no, you're fine. It, it's I'm my sorry. ability to. Um, Get my words out that's more the issue. Stop yeah, talking. Um, so I think when you're looking at the the swing that there is in terms of overturning such sizable votes, I, I actually don't think it's necessarily that there were conservative voters that switched to Labour. I think what the turnout tells you is it's more likely that it's conservative voters that just didn't step out to vote that day, that <laughs> it's not a foregone conclusion because if they managed to stir up the Conservative vote to actually turn out on general election day, then you'll probably find that it's a lot closer. But I think it's the fact that Conservative voters stayed at home. Labour voters and opposition voters generally turned out for it. And that's what impacted the Conservatives more than, you know, Conservative voters deciding to switch to becoming staunch Labourites or something. There may have been some Conservatives lending their vote, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion for the general election that it's actually going to look the same as it has now, if they manage to motivate and mobilise their voters to come out on general election day. But the, and this is go back to what I said earlier about um, Lib Dems. This is what I, I suppose in a roundabout way I was trying to say that if Lib Dems had got out there and pushed themselves and their policies, they might have just had somebody. You know, they might have just taken a few of the Conservative uh, voters. Because there can't be a conservative uh, voter in the country that is not seriously disappointed with I how mean, things have been over. The yeah, country. I mean, overturning um, majorities of more than eighteen thousand in Wellingborough and eleven thousand two hundred and twenty in Kingswood. You know, 
that 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 there's sizable amounts of people that have basically not turned out. You know that that that's. Mm. I think if Labour wins in these areas, it is just going to be that they haven't managed to, as in the Conservative haven't managed to mobilize their voters um as opposed to it being that people have suddenly become converted to labor policies and then i wonder how many of the conservatives voters went out and voted for reform well, that, I, and i think um, that's going to be a, an issue i mean i'm not you know and i would say you know for even parties like reform and ukip etc they aren't they're not far right parties in the in the whole political spectrum. They're far right parties for UK politics, but compared to like American and some European political parties, mm. they're not far yeah. right. Um, but you will find that people will turn out for it because they I think you'll find that people are more likely to go more hardline in elections like this than they are to actually come down to the to the mm. center ground. And I think that's mm. where reform will pick up. But I don't think you know, in the same ways we had discussions around UKIP and we had discussions around mm. uh, Change UK, which obviously weren't a right wing party, but a, a kind of coalition of Labour and Liberal Democrat uh, MPs. You know, these parties do tend to come through a number of changes um, and then they kind of tend to fizzle out after looking to make some quite kind of sizable gains. But you... I, I do wonder whether reform will be able to continue to take up some of the Conservative vote through to the general election or whether, you know, they will run out of steam before then. And, and it's likely to be basically a huge Labour victory. But I think still, oh, no, I don't I, think it's foregone. That, well, I think it's foregone that Labour will get in. I don't think the, the size yeah, of the victory is, is known. Mm. And I think... If you look at the issues around anti-Semitism this week that have come out, it's mm -hmm. clear that actually a lot of people thought that Labour had put this behind them, but it turns out that they actually haven't put it behind yeah. them, or there is still issues within the party, and, and that's going to affect them as well. So I think there's still a lot to do, but I don't think there's anything near an, an achievable win for the Conservatives at the moment, because I, I just don't see it. So I did watch an interview um, with, it was just a very short interview with Nigel Farage. Oh, on that the must have been a nice of, evening uh, spent for you. So, so the, he, and he didn't rule out that he wasn't going to put himself forward at the next election. And, um, and I'm wondering if, because normally all he said was, let's wait and see. And um, I'm, I'm wondering if he didn't put himself into I'm a celebrity to see how um, he would fare in that. And he fared much better than anybody ever thought he would do. And I'm wondering now if on the back of that, he isn't sitting thinking, OK, maybe I could um, I could do this and, and go forward with it. But it will be really interesting to see. June, July time, whether he starts to put himself out there a bit more. And um, I'm thinking that the, the election is going to go through to October. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have, would have thought that they, I don't think that we, we did one in December 16, was it? And um, I think that um, it, it just would not, that, that won't work for us to go that far down the line again. I think October probably will be whenever they'll um they'll start to I think it was the August September August I think they'll start to say about the election and then it, it will be a really quick announcement 
and um, I, I would anticipate it'll be October. So it'll be interesting to see if in the summer, June, July, that he starts putting himself out I mean, there to be fair, more. I think, well, the, the general election that was held in December was in 2019. It was the last one we had. Yeah. Was it 19? Um, and so, you know, and that worked quite well for the Conservatives. I don't think, well, it can't be, you can't be looking around, you can't be looking before um, party conferences. And I don't think it'll be August because it tends to be a break. Um, so I, I think you're looking, I, I, I think it'll yeah, be the end I, of October. Can we just put this, write this down, make a note okay, of this? Okay, well, I'm saying, well, if I have to hang my hat on something, I would say December. What's the Thursday? Did you yeah, really? I, th I think no, the problem think is be, that, let me just look at I, I think looking at the, the time scales, if it's not going to be May, and to be fair, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were a May election still, um, because I'm not sure whether off the back of local elections, which are happening in some areas in May, whether that's going to help or hinder the Conservatives at all, because you know that they're not going to be good election results for, for Rishi to then kind of build upon for the general election. So instead of taking those... Yeah, but you see, you don't, you, you don't know that, well, though. You, you, you don't know do. that because if you if no because what sometimes you think of just as an example you think of the election that we had here um we we lost the seats to we lost seats for the first time in how many years mm -hmm. 16 years if not more uh conservatives lost to, to labor one of the labor councillors then yeah. resigned just a few months later and a Conservative got yeah, back but, into but that seat. Yeah, but that's probably as much so, down to the fact that the councillor resigned within weeks of the election and hadn't really done yes, anything. but what so I'm saying that was more about is that whenever I know, else. I know, but I know that residents had said that they couldn't believe that a Labour had. Yeah, you know, but, Labor, but were they residents to, who to you know because you're a Conservative, and so they couldn't believe it because they are also you, Conservatives. But no, but yeah. Yes, it, they were Conservative voters previously, but they then got the second chance to go out there and vote yeah. for the Conservatives. They didn't go out I'm, and vote I'm for the first time. I'm not entirely sure that, but that... They came out and voted for, for him the second time. So is it a case that people will, with the May elections, that people will then look and think, because Conservatives will do badly. I mean, there's, I, there's I don't no think there's any, I don't that. think that there's any shock left for the public, to be honest. After local elections last year, after multiple by-elections this year, like, I don't think you can kind of say, fly me, I wasn't expecting there to be a Labour victory, but I would better get out and vote Conservative. The people who have stayed at home know it very well what they're doing by not turning out the Conservative vote. And I think it's about sending a message. And to be honest with you, the number of people from the Conservative Party that I've spoken to actually, you know, won't be shedding a tear. This government kind of losing the election and, and will actually be perhaps not happy, but actually happier with having a Labour government than they would the current government. So I, I don't see that it's going to mobilise them in any way, seeing poor local elections. It's just, if you'd like, it just feels like prolonging unnecessarily kind of you know well, this government can't do anything now this government won't be able to do anything that that is popular because it is just so chronically unpopular that it, it i mean no no and is but it is a case for for labor to go out there and win it 
Labour are not doing themselves any favours either. So, you know, they with the um the policy, the environment policy. Um and you know, suddenly yeah, the, the you, figures you, don't tally up well, anymore. To be fair, oh, the, the, and we've come down to what twenty three million or the something. The figures don't add up because you know Without putting too fine a point, without too fine a point on it, you know, I would much rather have a, you know, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not being party political. I'm not a Labour supporter. Like, and, but, and no, and, and and I'm not either. Well, I'm I know you're bloody well, I'm not. You're a Tory. Um, no, but because I mean, I, th I think what I'm saying is that Labour can only go by what the economy is telling them, and the economy was telling them something potentially different two years ago than it is now. And really? I, yeah, well, to be honest with you, like it, it has not, you know, Liz Truss has not improved things for the economy. It went even <laughs> further down. So you can't expect them to hang their hat on promises and not change them. Two I mean, years ago, we just come yeah, out but Can COVID. you imagine, like, can you imagine the criticism that you would give if they were absolutely adamant? Come what may, no matter what position the economy was in, they're spending this money because they said that they would, and so they're doing it, irrespective of the conditions they find themselves in now. Like, as you get closer to the elections, and they are more, they are looking more and more like a government in waiting, more than they were two years ago, they have to make sensible decisions on policy, because otherwise, it's going to play into the hands of the people that said in the Tony Blair, Gordon Brown era, that there's no money left, they, they can't run the economy and they can't control spending. And you're just playing into the hands of the people who criticise Labour for that. So I just, I don't really see how you can, crit well, I can see how you can criticise him, but I don't think it's necessarily fair to criticise him when, you know, you, you would expect politicians to change their minds based upon what's in front of them. And as they get closer to an election, what job are they likely to be in in 12 months' time? I'll let you have that one. But... I still I knew if it, I spoke you know, long enough, something... you would just give in. It, it, it works <laughs> every time. <laughs> no, but to me, it is something that is ongoing. It's it's a live report, and it should be you should be assessing it. And you know, to to go from one extreme to the other, extreme, majority of us knew that 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 money was never going to be there way back when. So. Um, you know, so, so to keep saying, yeah, we can do this, we can do this, and then suddenly, I oh, know we can't, and we're bringing it down so drastically. Yeah, um, but but don't no, you, you, you cannot say that, that you give them credit in, in for that. another way. And let me, you know, just think, just as an additional point, you know, showing the commitment to green policies early on, I think is is really important to show where Labour wants to be. Now they may not be able to fund as much as they once were, but I think that it will show like the the green industries so to speak that actually they are being prioritized and they are being prioritized in a significant way by the labor government i have no doubt that with the loss of this kind of guaranteed funding that they were kind of expecting that actually they will do other things to try and stimulate um kind of the green industries but there is they don't but, have any choice but, yeah have but to. there is the the i think that just the the potential for people to view green politics as going slightly out of fashion now, especially as the economy, um, it, it is in a more difficult position than it, than it was. It, it's showing some positive signs, but not, 
you know, steadily. So I think that there is also that that fact of, you know, green politics perhaps isn't becoming as popular as it looked to be at one point. And so he he has to amend things accordingly. And undoubtedly, there'll be spending commitments in other areas where it looks like it will get people out voting. I think at the moment, with the amount of kind of people gluing themselves to, to roads over the past few years, growing themselves to doors, the protests that stop traffic, the protests that stop ambulances going to hospitals. I think that that has tainted green policies in some people's views. And so there may be other areas where the money could be allocated, perhaps not to the extent that it was for green policies, that would then actually stimulate kind of public interest and potentially people turning out to vote. I don't know. What we'll do you see. think? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think that they went yeah. too far with their demonstrations. Yeah. <laughs> what they do you did. think? Yeah. But, not, that, that but, you know, but that's not going to stop people from thinking, you know, well, yeah, we, we need to be doing the right thing here. Uh, people are still going to be, whenever they're changing their cars, they're still going to be thinking about the environment. When they build the houses, they're still going to be thinking when they put their boilers in, all of those bits and pieces. We're, we're going to be working on that ourselves. So, um, so yeah, so the, the government has to come along with it. Uh, they have to find a way of getting that funding and and they have to make sure that the policies that the world is putting in place that they're adhering to. So um, yeah, so I yeah, I, I, no, I don't think it's it's, it's going to be unfashionable. I think that it needs to be. Um, we still need to to be doing that in our own world. Um, doing that in well our own world. You are such a sage. It's untrue. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and moving. Well, on. <laughs> I think now since I've been arguing for some time about how fiscally responsible a Labour government can be, we can actually move on to some. I wouldn't say fiscal irresponsibility, but perhaps some spending by a Labour council that you wouldn't naturally expect. I would say, like in introducing this, I read the headline of the LGC, the Local Government Chronicles article on this. And I'll read it to you. It's County Starts Inquiry into Regrettable £500,000 Influencer Payments. Now, I'd heard some rumblings about this earlier in the year, but just seeing that flash up on my phone made me think, you know, you just, sometimes you you just can't make it up. And, and that is genuinely how I felt. And it is so frustrating to, to kind of read something like that, because you think in a period where local government is struggling so much, both in terms of credibility, financially, and in delivering services, to read that a county council has paid almost 500,000, isn't quite half a million, it's like 493,000 pounds for social media posts between June 2020 and April 2023. And just to give you some background on it, so it's, it's Essex County Council that paid this almost half a million pounds to someone who's described as a prankster and influencer to start up Facebook groups, to do social media posts, to try and combat misinformation online. And apparently did it for Essex and did it with the NHS. And, you know, he's paid this money and apparently a mere 349,975 was for his work with Essex Coronavirus Action. And there were other services of about 135,000, which was paid for other 
kind of services, paying coordinators, paying other people, paying vaccination centre volunteers but to kind of support them. So it isn't the whole half a million that he, he got. So it mm. kind of there is no kind of fraud. There is no criminality. There is no illegal no. payments. It's just this is such poor practice to give money to someone to then pay other people when it's public money. And to say that this was being done during COVID and it was to battle misinformation... I just have no idea why you would pay a social media influencer, comedian come prankster to fight misinformation. The, 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 literally, that title tells me, don't believe what this person has said because it's a prank. That, that's what a prankster <laughs> is. So why would you pay them to say, I mean, and then what, what kind of frustrates me a bit more is, it's in June 2020, by that time we'd understood, I mean, if it was in March 2020, you can kind of understand getting the message out there, maybe tapping into kind of people who perhaps wouldn't normally be able to be receptive to local government costs. Mm. But June 2020, we had an idea. We were starting to open up a bit. And you're thinking, why on earth would you start then and pay it for years afterwards? And then what just annoys me even more is Essex County Council in 2022, in November, did a blog on, on communications and marketing about three tips for a local government social media campaign. And they mention influencers, but they just go as far as saying, why not comment on a local influencer's posts on social media to try and raise awareness of what you're trying to do? Instead of doing this, they just gave half a million quid to a social media <laughs> influencer. Instead of following what they, they're telling everyone else they should do to try and get the message out there. You just... I, I'm it's so frustrating and half a million you know it isn't a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of the and it's not a laughing matter no, either. I don't even it's... know I, but it's just we sit and say that you you cannot take any more surprises and, and you you can't understand um you know where this is all coming from but you know he obviously influenced somebody um in finance well apparently people cabinet, were just signing or... this off and were doing exemptions from tender like all the way through and you just think this is not what exemptions from tender are for are you telling me that you couldn't go to i don't know an nhs doctor who on the side does a bit of comedy or potentially a tv personality who you know and i'm not going to say what was that doctor's name um actually don't say it just in case but there was a someone no, who was on no, embarrassing don't. bodies who ended up saying some stuff about a, a certain irish politician and then got himself into huge amounts of trouble so don't touch him yeah. necessarily with the barge no, pole, no, but no, no. There, there must have been NHS doctors or people with more credibility than an influencer and prankster or just your own comms people. If it is just to set up Facebook pages, this is, this is, why do you pay a this, comms department to set up Facebook pages, run it for the council, but apparently you can't do a Facebook page which then looks at tackling misinformation and you have to pay a social media influencer to do it for you. I mean, you just, you, you would... I, it, the mind boggles and literally I'd actually calmed down from this I'd read it and thought yeah I'm really angry I'm really angry I'd read that you know it was 300 and something thousand that went to him and then the rest went to volunteers and then I thought but why is he the one paying the volunteers and why just the word prankster appearing no. in it and it just but you don't pay volunteers no I know but I think to support them like mileage claims and and coordinators to coordinate mm. the volunteers and you know you always have to have some additional people but I'm not finished ranting yet so just give me a few more I'm seconds. sorry yeah, apologies sorry. um <laughs> shall, I, shall, shall we all just sit back for another half well, hour well normally it's you okay. doing this and so it's only fair that I <laughs> 
know. And that's partly why I'm laughing is because I can hear it in your voice and thinking, oh my goodness, is this voice sound whenever you tell me something about no, planning? No, you sound far more crazy. <laughs> um, but it, it's almost, but, it's just the fact of... But there's only so much ranting at, you can at do At a time when local government is suffering so much, and I've already made this point, but mm. I'm just going to elaborate slightly more on it to say, yes. you know, you, you just look at it and you think sometimes you have very senior people in local government who think that they are masters sometimes. of industry. No, I'm saying you always have senior people, mm -hmm. but occasionally no, I, they sarcastic. think they're masters of industry. And you look at this and you think, what? what person or what people were signing off on this thinking we're getting a social media influencer to do all of this stuff how good and modern are we and one of the things Essex put in there is you know this was triumph nationwide is such a good thing to do and I guarantee you if everyone knew half a million quid was going to a prankster to do this they would not be lauding it nationwide and that is why now the leader of the council is saying what we did was wrong you can't say what we did is wrong and then say nationally it was applauded for how wonderful it was. No, no, you're spending half a million pounds. If it was a community kind of page that started itself, the council supported and acted as a facilitator, then fine. But this kind of thing you you just can't you just can't do. Like that that's my view. And you have a comms department this is, to do it. And, and this if is your comms you... department isn't good enough to do it, then get a new comms department because it clearly isn't working if you're spending half a million pounds on a social media personality. I just I understand campaigns, I understand the need to sometimes do it. I understand that it never looks good for stuff like this with the public, but I just can't quite get over the fact that when we have literally charities going out of the way to try and cover what were local government services, where you have projects and, and programs that would actually benefit the community in such an intrinsic way not being funded and then half a million quid going to a prankster i i i know that it's more detailed that i understand it's more nuanced that but i just can't get over that initial kind of frustration frustration there's a wonderful word yeah and and everything I totally agree with everything that you said. Right. And you Say said, no you more. We're do done. <laughs> but, <laughs> but somebody, but they did do this. And and who's been held to account for this? You said you just read. Did you say that you just read an article? Well, the, um, in, yeah, in the, the local week. government chronicle so, did the start of the inquiry yeah, this week. This, so the inquiry will tell us all we need to know. So maybe I shouldn't quite the, talk so inquiries. The inquiry then. is now going to cost money. But no, this, it's only so councillors. They don't cost money. much. They could bang for your buck. But it's. But it's but it's 2020 and this is 2024 and the inquiry now starts. This is what frustrates me more than anything, is that this can happen and other people who signed this off, are they still there? So who's going to take them and hold them you know, accountable for this money and all the other departments that could have been using that money? It is just beyond belief. And when you say the influencer, this is, people who, who put them down as themselves down as influencer absolutely amazes me. It's a bit like um, the emperor's clothes, you know. Whenever the, the tell the, me the more, being told, you know, you look, <laughs> you look absolutely fantastic wearing no clothes. Thank you but, very much. Um, and he thinks you know, he's <laughs> <laughs> nice of you to notice. You did not have to take that. You did not have to take that to that level. But it is, you know, you you. 
and I know that everybody needs somebody who give them a little boost and to say, you know, this is this and that's that. But no, I think that if they didn't have a comms team that could do what that person was supposedly allegedly put there to do, um, then you need to seriously look at the situation. Um, a comms team is one of the most important things. For well, any no, it is. I, and um, don't get me wrong, I agree with you. It is really important, but I just... But no, not but this I just way. can't get over the fact that it seems like sometimes comms teams seem to, and, and this isn't specifically about Essex, I make a general point, like, about certain people who work in, in comms that I have experienced, but they are so filled with their own self-importance that they believe that they are industry experts. And actually, you know, this isn't, you know, L'Oreal, this isn't like, you know, big multinational like, Unilever companies. This is certain councils. And and actually, mm. you are just representing the council. Don't try and do so much to boost your own portfolio to move on to other things on the back of the taxpayer. Just do good local government comms. Tell people what they need to know. Do a little bit, but don't do things yeah. like, and I'm I'm not going to comment on, on certain raps that have been done by chief executives or stuff that's been done, but just, you no. know, focus on doing really good, really worthwhile, cost-effective, efficient comms. Don't mm. spend so much money on unnecessary things just because it makes you feel like a champion of industry, because you're not. No. You know, if you want to be a champion of industry, go into industry. But the industry you're in, the, the you know, the, the way to champion it is actually being cost effective, being good at what you do and delivering for people. That That's how to be a champion of local government industry, not by paying copious amounts of money to a prankster. Sorry, I started well again, didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that uh, we probably need to just bring that one to a close now. I, I will just finish that point and finish this podcast before I continue any further by, by quoting <laughs> Kevin Bentley, um, who commented on the uh, payments that were made to this comedian and prankster and described them as extremely regrettable and wrong. Thank you for listening to the Standing Orders podcast by Politis. Please like and subscribe to get your weekly edition. You can suggest topics by emailing podcast at politisconsulting.co.uk. See you next week.